This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. back to the Relic Radio Show, your weekly hour of old-time radio drama, which you can find every Tuesday at relicradio.com while you visit relicradio.com. If you click on that donate button or visit donate.relicradio.com and choose to support us, you help bring this show to everyone. Your support has made this possible for 15 years. Thank you to those who have helped out. We'll begin this week with Escape and hear their episode from November 9th, 1952, titled The Return. After that, it's Beware the Quiet Man the August 12th, 1948 episode from Suspense. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape. Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are standing at the entrance of a walled Arab town, while behind you, coming slowly through the night, are the shuffling footsteps of a blind beggar who will lead you into a harrowing world of darkness and terror. Listen now as Escape brings you Kathleen Height's terrifying story, The Return. Freighter Menlo crept slowly through the breakwater of the outer harbor. Most of the twelve passengers were on deck, looking north beyond the converging jetties to the modern city of Bizerta. The two of us, a man named Tuckett and myself, Bizerta was a destination. I didn't know what brought Tuckett here. I didn't really know what brought me here. I only knew that I'd looked for something all over the world without success. I looked everywhere except Berserker. Ashore, I checked into the small hotel, and a short time later, I was part of the early evening crowd on the streets. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Can you tell me how to get to the Arab town? Oh. Sorry, I didn't notice about your eyes. One does not need eyes to perceive truth, Effendi. No, I suppose not. What's your name? Nigga. Nigga. The Arab town is north, due north of here. And the truth is everywhere for all to see, if they will but see. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> Well, bye, nigga. It is Mr. Reeser, isn't it? Uh, oh, talk it. I lost track of you when we came ashore. Thought I'd find you again at the hotel, but they tell me you're not registered. Where are you staying? Hotel North Africa. How about joining me there for dinner, uh, if you don't have any plans? I don't think I have any plans. But if I do, they can catch up with me there, don't you think? <laughs> yes, I I guess they can. My words hadn't meant much more to me than they did to Tuckett. I tried to explain during dinner. Maybe it was the wine that was talking, maybe me... Either way, Tuckett seemed interested enough to ask a question. Have you any idea what you're looking for, Reeser? I'm looking for a place where there's no struggle, 
No struggle for you? For anyone. I'm 40 years old, Tuckett. And for a little over half my lifetime, I've traveled the world. Mm-hmm. Worked my way. Worked the sea and the earth. I tell you, there's only one thing that's universal, and that's the struggle. I, I suppose that's right. But it seems to me we're making a lot of progress in some directions. Now, medicine, for example. Medicine's a... a good example. They licked pneumonia, they found cancer waiting for them. They inoculate for smallpox and they find bubonic plague. For every achievement, there's a new struggle waiting. And I wonder if that's progress, Tuckett. Well, I don't... I don't know. I I never thought of it this way. Well, take food, clothing, and shelter, the basic needs. Uh Some parts of the world, people don't have them. But even when they do, there are bigger struggles to take their place. Fears. Insecurities. Maybe you beat these things one at a time. But you've never got it made. While you're fighting against one struggle, another one's being fed and made strong. And it never ends until you die struggling to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny in a way. You come to Berserta hoping you'll find a place where there's no struggle. And I've come here, well, to get into the struggle, I guess. I'm opening an import-export business, small, and I'm sure full of struggle. But I'm not cynical about it or disillusioned yet. No, I don't feel cynical, Tuckett. I'm just short on hope because I, I, I don't see any end in sight. Reeser, what would you change if it were up to you? The struggle. Show me a place where there's no struggle. That's where I want to be. I wonder what it would be like. <laughs> if, if you find it, let me know, will you? <laughs> if I can... I will. I promised I'd get in touch with Tuckett in a few days, but as I went back to the streets of Berserta, walking through the fine rain that was falling now, I wondered if I'd ever see him again. My course took me north, along the canal through the modern city, past the ancient citadel, to the entrance of the walled Arab town. I passed no one, and yet I knew I was not alone. Someone was following behind me. Soon I heard his footsteps at my side. We are almost there, Fendi. Nega, you're walking without your cane to lead you. I am come to lead you, Fendi. Where? Through the wall ahead. Your words have been heard, Effendi. You are ready? Ready for what? You have said, show me the place where there is no struggle. How do you know what I've said? You have asked enough questions of life, Effendi. Come. We go through the wall. Oh, you're out of your mind. Look about you, Effendi. On all sides, there are walls. You have come too far to go back. What are you talking about? I can't go back. You have said the words, show me the place. Through the wall ahead is the perfect place. I will lead you. Oh, this is crazy. You're crazy. You're blind. You can't lead me anywhere. Let go of me. You yourself have said... That struggle is useless. I said let go of me, you filthy... I had swung at Nago with all the force in me, only to find myself flattened against the wall. Did I slip on the wet pavement or trip? I don't know. That was no imaginary wall I had hit. I felt the hard pain of it and the rain beating against my face. And then it was over. The room in which I awakened was large. Large and empty with great windows at the far end. Bright sunlight streaming through them. There was no room I'd ever seen before. My clothes were no longer damp and there was no pain in me. I moved toward the sunlight. You were a long time coming, Risa. I don't see you. 
come out of the shadows toward the light, you will find me. Oh. Now you can see me, can you not? Yes, now I see you. You seem to know me. I've never seen you before. I am called Zine. You are most welcome, Risa. Yours has been a tortuous trip, I know. I don't understand. That beggar, old fool, he said he was leading me to the perfect place. The important thing is that you are here, Risa. Come. Look through the windows. Oh. Oh. Oh, this is beautiful. Mountains, valley, lakes, fields. Never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it is perfect. You are in the perfect place because you want to be here. You look the world over. You witness the struggle. You wanted to be free of it. Am I, am I dead? Do you feel dead? No. No, I don't. I, I feel confused. There's so much I don't understand. I have questions. You will begin to see the answers for yourself once the processing has begun. Processing? There are things you must give up for perfection, Risa. In the processing, these things will leave you. One of them is written in your expression now, doubt. You cannot doubt perfection. And have it, too. And after that, you must give up fear and greed. Will you miss them, Reese? No, no, of course not. There are other things, of course. Whenever you have questions, you will find me nearby to answer them. Do you have any more questions now? No. Then you are ready. Go on, my son. Go out and live in the perfect place. You hesitate. Why? I don't know. Surely there's nothing to fear from perfection. You would not think so, would you, my son? I went out the door, down the path, into the perfect place. The hesitation, the fear grew less with each step. I turned a short distance away to wave back at Zine, but the door I had walked through was gone, and the building and the window, and there was no sign of Zine, but somehow it seemed unimportant. I turned back to the path and walked ahead. Hello, my love. Hello. I am Angela. Angela. And you are Risa. And my love. I knew you would be here when I wanted you most. You were, were expecting me? You knew I would be here? I wanted you. Oh. Take my hand. We will walk together. Won't we? I think we will, Angela. Oh, my love. Ours will be a lovely time together. Perfectly lovely. <laughs> are listening to The Return, tonight's presentation on Escape. Next Sunday evening, Lionel Barrymore will again be here on most of these same stations as your host on the Radio Hall of Fame. Remember to hear Lionel Barrymore next Sunday on CBS Radio. And now, Escape and the second act of The Return.
Angelo was all of beauty, all of woman. She was grace and strength and delicacy. And she was always at my side as we walked the broad valleys of the perfect place. She was my love. And it was a perfect love. The land was all beauty. The people were all smiles. Every need was satisfied. There was love in abundance. Peace and perfection was at every hand. And there was no struggle. No struggle about anything. After a time when I felt the need of a friend, a friend appeared. He was Lar, Angela's brother. Lar loved the sea, and he had a fine schooner for fishing. Angela tells me you enjoy fishing, Reeser. Name your fish, and I promise you boatloads of it. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I have no preference. Any fighting game fish is fine sport. The day is perfect. The wind is perfect. Everything we need is aboard. It's all very easy, isn't it? It is as it should be. For fishing, we need wind and sail and sea and fish. So we have them. Hard to believe. It's there to see and believe. The wind is failing. Then this must be the spot. The best waters. Best? We would not have stopped here if they were not the best. Nice arrangement. Well, where's the gear? The lines are out. They are just right. Go see for yourself. It's a strike, Mark. The strike here on the starboard line. Pull him in, Reese. He's all yours. Oh, it's Albacore. And a giant. But he, he stopped fighting. There's no fight in him. Pull him in, Reeser. He's a perfect albacore. Perfect. I never saw a fish give in so quickly. Practically jumped onto the deck. And it kept on that way. All day, every fish that found our lines fairly flopped into the schooner of its own volition. Laura had promised me a boatload of fish, and we had them when Angela met us in port at evening. There had been no struggle, no effort even in lifting the great fish off the lines. It was phenomenal and rather frightening. Some days later, Angela suggested a deer hunt. With Lar, we walked through the beautiful countryside, through fields, toward the wooded hills. Look ahead, my love. Set your sights. Oh, yes. The first shot is yours, Reeser. All right. You see, love? Directly ahead. Perfect deer. Yes, I see. Perfect deer. Thirty or forty of them all lined up as targets. Couldn't miss one if I tried. Fire, Reeser. Oh, I can't. You want a deer. Well, there they are. Now, Angela, listen to me. Don't you see? We haven't hunted for deer. Now, part of the thrill of hunting is the hunt itself, and then the, the finding of your game and matching your wits against his. If you win, then you've won something. But you said you wanted deer. And when we fished, you said you wanted fish. Look, if I had said I wanted to hunt bear instead of deer, then all the bear I could shoot would be in the sights of my gun? Or if I'd said quail or duck, the sky overhead had been black with them? Is that true? Yes. Yes, my love. That is all true. Yes. Yes, perfect. Like all things. Oh, but that isn't perfect. Can't I make you see that... Oh. Look, Angelo, you and Lar, would you just go on a little, would you? I, I, I want to be alone a while. Of course, darling. That's perfectly all right with me. Perfectly. Perfectly. I turned then and I walked in no direction toward no place. Inside, I, I was all fury and confusion. And something more. Didn't know why, but I was reacting to the constant smiles of Angela and Lar with something like... like terror. And then I stopped and lay on a spot of cool green grass to rest and think. And not think. 
What are your questions, Risa? Zane? I said I'd be nearby to answer when you needed me. It's hard to question. I just find perfection difficult to understand. Do you doubt it? The perfection? No. No, I've seen and known many perfect things here. You wanted assurance there was no struggle here in the perfect place. You have seen no struggle, have you, Reese? No, none. But now, now you, you, you must see everything. The fish, the deer, they have no fight in them. There's no sport, there's no challenge. You wanted no struggle. You cannot have both struggle and no struggle. You once berated existence as a thing men struggled through and died struggling to live. Well, I know. I... Your processing will go on, Risa. Step by step, it will go on. There will be no struggle. And you will realize that you cannot improve on perfection. And when I turned to answer Zine, he was gone again. I knew he would be. He was gone, but the terror was still with me. There was goodness and kindness. There was plenty. Why did I fear it? What was its terror? My thoughts went to Angela, and soon we were together again, as if nothing other than perfection had passed between us. She took me into a village I had not seen. The life there was simple, but perfect. Is it not beautiful here, my love? Is not everything and everyone beautiful? Angela, what do all the people of the village do? Do? How do they live? Do they work? Are there, are there jobs to do? Everyone does what he wants. No. Who tills the fields and plants them? Who, who builds the homes? <laughs> so many questions always, my love. And questions about the simplest of things. The fields. One goes there when one wants something and one finds it. The home, they're just here. Nothing to be achieved because all things have been achieved. There is no work because all the work has been done. That sounds very well. Does it please you? Yes, I, I yes it does. Oh, look. The men at the canvases across the way. Oh. They're painting. Is that doing something? Oh, let's have a look. What lovely paintings. Perfectly lovely, are they not? Oh, this one's quite a good landscape. And this one here. Do look at this one, Rita. You see? Perfectly lovely. Oh, they're just the same. They're identical. Every flower, the tree, the hill, just the same in color and size. Angela. What is it, darling? Three men painting pictures, and each picture is exactly like the others. There is just one perfect landscape of this sort. How could it be otherwise? There is only one way to be, to do, to paint, and that is perfect. And there's just one perfect book because there's just one perfect way to set words down? Of course, my love. The perfect way. Oh, no, no. I wish Lar were here. Tell me this. This is this perfection. Is it conformity? Angela, you wished me here. Lar, he's full of questions. Just one question, Lar. Is perfection conformity? Must everyone think and do and act and write and paint in just one way? There is just one perfect way. Oh, no, Zine didn't say I'd have to give up all the things that make me me, or that I couldn't work toward goals of achievement, or that I must give up challenge in order to live in the perfect place. You are so different, Reeser. Angela... What if I should leave you? What if, if, I, if I were no longer your love? Would that be all right with you? If that is what you wish, perfectly all right, darling. Perfectly. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, oh, Tucker ought to be here. Oh, he should see what I've seen. He'd laugh his head off at me. Tucket? Yeah, Tucket. Someone with a chance to work and dream and set goals for himself and make mistakes, honest mistakes. And gamble to win or lose. He can take his chances. I think this Tuckett must be a very strange man. And I think this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. What an odd gesture. I've never seen one man strike another before. Come on, Lark, get up. Let's make a good fight of it, huh? 
Let's make a perfect fight. Your hand becomes a peculiar color. You won't fight back? You won't fight back. Because there's no struggle here. You mention this word, struggle, often. Is it a good word, struggle? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. They were smiling when I left. The whole village was smiling broadly, and they waved at me happily. I ran, and I walked, and I ran again. The mountains surrounding the great valley were tall and steep. I had to get through or around or over them somehow. I had to escape the perfect place. You have further questions, Mr. Uh, just one, Zine. How do I get out of here? Get out? You want to leave the perfect place? Yes. And I am leaving and you can't stop me. I would not try to stop you. If you really want to go, I will show you the way. This is no trap? No. There is one thing. Yeah. If you go, you can never return. That's fine with me. In fact, that's perfect. You'll be going back to the struggle. This perfection is filthy. It's vicious, insidious. You prefer the struggle, then? To this? Oh, yes. Yeah, the struggle is... The struggle is wrong. It shouldn't have to be. But we'll work on it in every succeeding generation. At least there's work to be done, and the incentive is there to do it. Oh, brother, wait till I tell people about this perfect place. Yes, Risa. Tell them you found the perfect place. Tell them about the beauty, the perfection, about Angela and La and me. Tell them you were here and you saw it, that there's no struggle. Tell them you saw all this and ran. Will anyone believe you? My lips formed an answer, but no words came. And suddenly there was no zine and no perfect place. Only the rain beating on my face as I lay at the foot of a high wall. I felt the hard pain in my back. Then I remembered it all. The beggar, Bizerta... The walled Arab town beyond. Couldn't have happened very long before. Couldn't have lain there long. I remember that Tuckett was staying at the Hotel North Africa, and I hurried there to him. Tuckett! Tuckett, open the door! Tuckett! Good heavens, what's all the oh. racket about? Oh, I'm sorry. I was anxious to find you again. I got in a fight down in the native quarter, which was a mistake because I've been lying wet and cold in some back alley for an hour or so. Why, it's Reeser, isn't it? What? Well, of course, man. Oh, look, don't you remember at dinner earlier this evening? Reeser, of course, of course. And I remember the dinner. I haven't seen you since, but after all, I should remember it was only a year ago. <laughs> Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you The Return by Kathleen Height, starring Lawrence Dobkin. Featured in the cast were Edgar Barrier, Paul Dubov, Gene Bates, Howard Culver, and Lou Krugman. Your announcer, George Walsh. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Next week. You are alone in a world of decay and desolation. Looking down on what was once a great city. While coming slowly to meet you, a hand stretched out in greeting to you is a beautiful girl whose very existence may be the cause of your death. So listen next week when Escape brings you Jack London's classic novel, The Scarlet Plague. Tonight's program was transcribed. The little red schoolhouse of bygone days was something to be proud of, but in many parts of the country today, it has become the little shabby schoolhouse. Too little to house its students, its equipment outdated and inadequate, its teachers too few and underpaid. If your schools are like that, 
Act with others in your community before the cost of repair and replacement gets astronomical. Act now in the interest of tomorrow's America. You hear America's favorite shows on the CBS radio network. Just a moment, suspense with Ann Southern. Billy, turn that radio down. How can we play bridge? Okay, Mom. I like the auto light show, but not too loud. Whose deal is it, May? Mine, Mary. My husband Ed always listens, too. When he's home on Thursdays, our house sounds just like his service station. I know what you mean. Tonight's probably spark plug night. You'd think the announcer with his commercials would be enough, but no. It's switched to auto light resistor spark plug. I know. Batteries and ignition systems. Well, Dora, what are you dreaming about? Oh, Autolite? You mean the show with Ann Southern? Oh, Mary, tell Billy to turn up the radio again. I wouldn't miss suspense for all... you turn the radio off your Aunt Dora? Yes, ma'am. Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Ann Southern in Anton Leder's production of Beware the Quiet Man, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Bourbon soda with a twist of lemon. Okay, coming right up. Say, your name Margie? Yeah. How'd you know? You generally come in here with a heavy set guy, black wavy hair, wears a big diamond? Yeah. Yeah, he was in a while ago. Said to tell you he'd be late, but for you to be sure and wait for him. But I can't wait. I gotta get home to my. I gotta get home. How late do you say it'd be? Oh, about an hour. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay, give me some nickels. Yeah. Here you are. Thanks. Hello? Mr. Banning, please. Yeah, Mr. Arthur Banning. Arthur? Margie. Uh, I'm going to be late for supper. Yeah, uh, I ran into a girl I used to know at Lincoln High. She wants me to have a drink with her. Yeah. And say, will you pick up some hamburger on the way home and start the potatoes? I'll be there as quick as I can. Bye. Here's your drink. Well, here's mud in your eye. Um, uh, there's a young fella down here in the bar wants to buy you one. No, thanks. Well, it looks like a nice guy. That tall blonde fellow over by the mirror? None other. And you got a whole lot to kill. Is he... He isn't drunk, is he? No, nah, he's had a few, but he always carries it good. I might help pass the time. Say, what's it to you anyway? Five bucks. I said, I'd sure appreciate it. He offered you five bucks to get me to have a drink with him? Yeah. <laughs> he is kind of good looking. Well, okay. Sure, what the heck, I'll have a drink with him. <laughs> Okay, so you're married. Nothing wrong with having a drink together, so what? I figure what your old man don't know won't hurt him. I said I'd have a drink with you. If you've got any other ideas, I'll buy my own. Oh, now, don't get me wrong, honey. I spotted you as a good kid the minute you ankled in here. You just like excitement, that's all. And I'm the guy that can dish it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, I'm a private eye. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, like you hear about on the radio. Gee, what a break for me. You just stick around me, honey, and you'll get plenty of excitement. 
Yeah, I'll bet. You know, you take this new client of mine now. Bet you anything he makes a headlines tomorrow. <laughs> Ten to one, he'll murder his wife. Oh, yes, sure. He hired me to find out if his wife's been stepping out. I felt kind of sorry for the guy. Probably doesn't have the money to take her out himself. He's a bank teller at Second National. Bank teller? Bank teller? My... What's his name? Oh, honey, no, no, that, that stuff's confidential. Matter of fact, I, I'm not supposed to talk about cases at all. Oh, go on. I won't tell anybody. Well, no, you don't look like the kind of babe that blabs everything she knows. How about that drink, huh? Sure. Hey, Charlie, two over here, huh? In the works. You know, he, he sort of gave me the creeps, this guy. He sat there eating his lunch, calm as you please, and all the time figuring how to kill his wife. How'd you know what he was figuring? Well, for one thing, he didn't want evidence for a divorce. He sort of looked at me funny and said, I just want to know, that's all. If Margie is stepping out, I'll take care of it my own way. Margie? Yeah, yeah, that's his wife's name, Margie. Oh. Now, what's the matter? Uh, nothing. N nothing at all. Hey, you don't look so good. Maybe you drank the last one too fast. No, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just naturally pale, that's all. Y you were saying about this client... You figure he's going to murder his wife? Oh, sure, sure. It's in her back. Either that or suicide. Suicide? But he's more the type for murder. Oh, one of those big, brutal guys. Sort of, sort of mean-looking, huh? No. <laughs> Quiet, mousy. Kind doesn't have much to say. Those are the guys you got to watch. But why? Because they never let you know what they're really thinking. Not until it's too late. They don't? You know, most guys, when they find their wives stepping, will raise cane. Maybe they'll even get a divorce, but... They don't get sore enough to murder. Yeah. But these quiet fellows, you know, they put the little woman on a pedestal. You wouldn't catch them out with other women, not in a million years. And when they discover their one and only has been kicking up her heels, oh, brother, watch out. Golly. And the worst of it is they go on acting like nothing's wrong, you see. And then all of a sudden, wango, they explode. They explode? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I always say, beware the quiet man. Like this new client of mine, for example, calm. You never met anybody calmer, but I'll What does bet. he look like? Oh, uh, well, he's just about average, I guess. Brown hair, getting sort of thin on the top. A little bit stoop-shouldered. Medium height? Wear glasses? Yeah, yeah, you know him? No, no, I, I don't know any of the boys. Excuse me. Hey, where are you going? I gotta make a phone call, just remembered something. Don't go away, I'll be right back. Ralph? Margie? I can't see you this afternoon. No, I'm not sore about you being late. But whatever you do, don't come into Charlie's place. Yeah, that's where I am now. You bet there's something wrong. There's plenty wrong. Either this guy I'm talking to is crazy, or else Arthur's planning to murder me. <laughs> Suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Ann Southern in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Well, Dora, we're down 200 on that hand. Oh, are we? It's easy to see there's no playing bridge with you girls with suspense on. So let's stop playing and switch to Autolite spark plugs or whatever for the rest of the half hour, huh? Oh, Mary, I could kiss you. You're such an understanding sister-in-law, and I don't want to miss a single word. What about you, May? Dora, did you know that my husband knows Frank Martin, the Autolite salesman? He does? Mm -hmm. Well, then let's listen to Mr. Martin. Right now, you can get Autolite resistor spark plugs almost anywhere in the United States. They're sensational. Why, no other spark plug will give and maintain such performance. Autolite worked with leading car and truck manufacturers, and the ignition engineered a 10,000-ohm resistor right into the Autolite spark plug that permits a wider spark gap setting and maintains it far longer than another spark plug. Actually, when you replace your narrow-gap spark plugs with a set of wide-gap Autolite resistor spark plugs, you can tell the difference in your car. Oh, dear. And to think that I'll hear every word of that again from Ed when I get home. Now, here's the simple lowdown. As a result of the wide gap in the resistor spark plugs, your engine idles smoother, you have better luck with lean gas mixtures and save gas. And within established limits, you reduce spark plug interference with radio and television reception. 
Yes, and today you can get the resistor spark plug from almost any of Autolite's 60,000 dealers. That's the biggest spark plug news in years. And now Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Anne Southern as Margie in Beware the Quiet Man, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I stood there in the phone booth a minute after I hung up. I wasn't scared exactly, but I had to let those words sink in. Either this guy I'm talking to is crazy, or else Arthur's planning to murder me. I went back to the bar. I had to find out. Oh, beautiful. I thought you got along. Sit down, sit down. Mm. Thanks. Now, about this fella, the one who's going to murder his wife. Oh, let's can the shop talk. I want to hear about you. I don't even know your name. Did he say what made him think she was stepping out? Ah, she's supposed to belong to some bridge club the bank teller's wife's got up. But uh, friends of his saw her downtown a couple of times on a bridge date. Is that all? You know, honey, you're pretty smart. You, you make like you're really interested in a guy's work. Oh, but I am. You know, I had a little doll once I thought plenty of. Would have married her, maybe, but only every time I, I started talking about a case, she shut me up. Never mind about your little dolls. What about this guy? <laughs> hey, you're jealous. Well, what do you know? I'm not jealous. I only want to know. It's okay, honey. It's okay. Sure, a cute little doll like you doesn't want to hear a guy spotting off about another dame. Yeah, maybe I had a few too. Many. I just want to hear about this bank teller. Have you met his wife, maybe? No, but he showed me a picture of her. Oh, then you know what she looks like. Oh. Hey, what's so funny? Never mind the jokes on me. Maybe you better not have many more to drink. You're acting kind of screwy. Oh, I feel wonderful. Well, here's to you. A long life. Yeah. A long, long life. Down the hatch. <laughs> yeah, poor little Margie. You know, you showed me a snapshot of her in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, was she stacked. As a matter of fact, uh, about your height and uh, build, you're blonde like you, too. Was she as pretty as I am? No, I, I couldn't see her face. It's kind of blurred. He, oh. He's bringing me a better picture of her tomorrow. Oh, I think I'd like another drink. You know, honey, you better start taking vitamins or something. You're pale as a sheet. I said I wanted another drink. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, hey Charlie, two more the same, huh? Yeah, poor little Margie. You know, that's one thing I can never figure out. The cute little dolls with flirtatious eyes always pick some homely, quiet gink when it comes to settling down. And the handsome he-man who has to beat off the dames with a club, what does he do? He marries a drab little pigeon. Yeah, that's why we get so many axe murders, I guess. Axe murders? Only in this case, he'll use a gun. But he doesn't have a... I mean, most bank clerks don't own guns. Oh, well, this one does. Now. Uh, give me a light, will you? Yeah, sure. There you are. Hey, maybe if you lay off a booze, honey, and take a tonic or something, you'll feel better. <laughs> Look at your hands. They're trembling. How do you know he has a gun? Oh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Why'd you tell me? Tell you what? You got a squeamish stomach. Oh. All this talk about guns and shooting. No, honey, I'm sorry. I, I won't say one more word about it, I promise. I'm not squeamish, and I don't need vitamins. I want to know how you know this bank teller guy has a gun. All right, so I'm going to a pawn shop and buy one. Oh. You know, honey, I, I could really go for you. It's a funny thing, we never even introduced ourselves. That's something we got to do. My name's Closen. Lem Closen. What's yours? You, you mean that man bought a gun and now he's home waiting to murder his wife in cold blood? Oh, no, no. He won't do anything until he gets my report. Oh. You see, tomorrow I check with her friends to see if she's been going to bridge club like she's supposed to. Yeah. And I meet my client for lunch and get a picture of Margie. Mm. And I take it around to the downtown bars to find out if she's been seen with anybody. And then I give my client the report when he gets off work. Yeah. And then? And if his suspicions are right, and they usually are, it's all over but the shooting. The shooting? Yeah. Bang, bang, honey. That's all. Bang, bang. <sighs> say, uh, what'd you say your name was? I've got to get home. Hello, dear. Hello, Arthur. Oh, I was beginning to worry about you. Well, uh, I really couldn't help being late for dinner. 
I wanted to leave, but Maybelle, that's her name, you know, the girl I used to go to school with, she kept talking yes to yes, and I just couldn't walk out on her in the middle of a sentence. That's all right. I didn't mind. Say, the potatoes are all ready like you told me. Shall I... uh... No, no, I'll hurry dinner. You just sit down and read the paper, huh? Well, well, thank you, dear. You all right? You you look a little flushed. Oh, I'm I'm fine. I was just rushing, that's all. Uh, It'll be ready in a minute. Uh Did you have a hard day, darling? Oh, usual. People are taking out more money these days, and they're putting in. Yeah, prices are awful, aren't they? Hmm. Nothing unusual? I mean, nothing happened today? Oh, a, a funny thing. Man came rushing in this morning, first thing the doors were opened. Wanted to withdraw all the money from their joint account before his wife beat him to it. Seems she was leaving him for another man. Oh, how awful. Oh, yeah. While he was there, she appeared. You should have heard her carry on. She was a real shrew. Well, what happened? Oh, nothing. He didn't say a word. He, he was a gentleman. But I'll bet if he'd had a gun, he'd have killed her. <gasps> oh, well. <clears throat> Seems things like that happen all the time. Newspapers full of it. Are you mad at me, Arthur? Hmm? Are you mad at me? Am I mad at you? Oh, I know. Should I be? Arthur, darling, I, I've got something to confess. Well, far away. I didn't go to bridge club last week. No? I thought you'd die before you gave up bridge. Oh. Really, honey, you look awfully seedy. No, I'm fine. I, I feel fine. I, I had sort of a quarrel with Lorraine. I, I, I didn't want to tell you because you're always talking about how women can't get along with each other. Instead of going to bridge club, I went shopping. Instead. Well, fine. Only I hope you didn't go over the budget. Oh, no. That's good. I always said bridge was a waste of time. Then you're not angry about anything? Why, no. Why should I be? Oh, Arthur. What's the matter now? I don't deserve a swell husband like you. Oh, Oh, I'm not so hot. Oh, you always do the dinner dishes and bring me my breakfast in bed on Sunday mornings. The only morning you have to sleep. Arthur, I'd feel terrible if anything ever happened to us. Well, what's going to happen? Suppose someday you got real mad and exploded. Exploded? Yeah. What if, you, what if you got a gun and shot me dead? Oh, for heaven's sakes, Margie. Where'd you get those crazy ideas? You mean, no matter how mad you got, no matter what I did to make you mad, you wouldn't shoot me dead? And Margie, you know I'd rather die than hurt one hair on your head. Oh, uh, not suicide. Say, how many drinks did you and Maybelle have? Arthur, I want you to know I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better wife from now on. I'll stay home all the time and darn your socks. You? <laughs> Darning socks. You just wait and see. I'll get up every morning and, and make your breakfast. Oh, Margie, you know you won't do any of those things. I will, too. For nonsense. Women like you never change. I will, too. I'll change right away. Tomorrow. Besides, I don't want you to. Oh, come here, baby. I want you to stay just exactly the way you are right now. Just exactly, Arthur? I love you very much. Just the way you are. Oh, Arthur. <sighs> That reminds me, I made an appointment for you tomorrow at 10. You're having your picture taken. My picture? I showed a fellow that old snapshot of you today. The one we took at the beach? Oh. It was so dog-eared he couldn't see what you looked like, and I realized we didn't have a single decent picture of you at all, so But, I... but why have it taken tomorrow? Well, the studio next to the bank is having a special advertising the new 60-minute service. 60-minute service? Yeah. That way I can pick up the finished picture before I go to lunch. I don't want my picture taken. Well, now you're being silly. I won't. I won't do it. Oh, honey, what's the matter? Don't touch me. I won't have my picture taken. I won't. Sat there eating his lunch, calm as you please, all the time figuring how to kill his wife. <laughs> Quiet, Mousy. That's the kind you gotta watch. Never let you know what they're really thinking. All of a sudden, wango, they explode. Bang, bang, babe. That's all. Bang, bang. Oh, no. There must be some mistake. Arthur wouldn't hurt me, he wouldn't. I won't think about it. I'll take a sleeping powder and go to bed. The gun. He did buy a gun. It's all true. Every word of it's true. Hello? Ralph! 
I told you never to call me here. No, no, it isn't all right. Arthur brought a gun home last night. Yes, a gun. Claimed he was keeping it for a friend. That's all he'd say. Yeah, I, I think so. Just a minute, I'll look. Ralph, the gun's gone. He must have taken it to work. Oh, but don't you see? As soon as he finds out for sure, he'll kill... No, 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 no! I never want to hear from you again! I've got to think. I've got to think. Oh, not the doorbell. Oh, Lorraine. Well, who'd you expect, darling? Frankenstein? Aren't you going to invite me in? Well, I, I was just going out. Don't be silly and not dressed. I'm in a hurry, Lorraine. Well, I, so am I. I'm late at the beauty shop now. But I was driving past anyway, so I thought I'd drop in and give you the latest on the girls at the bridge club. Well, some other day, I've... I've Honestly, been... Margie, this is choice. You know what I heard about Mrs. Dentler? You know, she's the wife of Ben Dentler, the new teller at the bank. The one from Chicago. Lorraine, if you don't mind. Oh, that's right. You haven't met her. Of course, you haven't been around lately. Well, she's kind of a pretty little thing in a plucked eyebrow sort of way. But, but you should hear what her husband told my husband. Lorraine, I... Of course, I promised Ed I wouldn't breathe a word. Crying out loud, Lorraine. What? What brought that on? I haven't time to stand and gossip. What's wrong with you today, anyway? You're as nervous as a cat. I'm all right. Perfectly all right. But here it is. 10.30. 10.30? Good heavens, I'm a half hour late. Well, goodbye. I've got to run. Oh, darling. Be sure and read the Gazette tomorrow. They're running a story about our bridge benefits. Okay, goodbye. Pictures and everything. They didn't have time to take a new picture, but I gave them one we took at the Valentine party. The one I was in? They're publishing it? Why, sure. I don't want my picture in the paper. But yours was the only flattering one in the group. The reporter picked you out right away. He seemed quite smitten. He? Oh, yes, yes. He asked all about you. Of course, I told him that you didn't come to meetings very often. The Gazette doesn't use men reporters for society? Well, they do now, dear. He didn't sound much like a reporter, though. He kept calling me honey. Tall, blonde, fast talker? Well, yes. And you gave him my picture? Well, of course. What was his name? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, yeah. Funny name. Mm -hmm. I think it was Clusen. Lem Clusen. But, Charlie, it's a matter of life and death. I've got to get a hold of Lem before noon. Well, like I said, he ain't been in. You sure he never told you where he worked? No, he's come short for some private detective office. Oh, give me some nickels, lots of nickels. i got some telephoning to do. Ask me, Detective Agency. Do you have a man named Clusen working for you? Lem Clusen? No? Thanks. Brandon Agency, I want Mr. Clusen, Lem Clusen. Oh, yeah, I guess I have the wrong number. Hawkshaw Detectives, I'm looking for a man named Lem Clusen. No, I don't want to hire you to find him. But you're the last one in the book. He's got... Okay, sorry. No luck? No. I just remembered. Lem said the guy he worked for just opened up in town. Probably ain't no phone book yet. Go on, kid, get out of here. Frank, tell a suicide. Extreme read Ah, that fresh kid, just because I won't let him in here peddling his papers, he yells in the door. Did he say bank suicide? He yells in here every darn day. Oh. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, you didn't finish oh. your drink, hey? Hey, Newsy. Newsy. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, newspaper. Hey, boy. Give me a book, boy. Hey, you, boy. Paper lady? Did you say suicide? Right in the second national bank. You want a paper? Yeah. Here. Guy's wife steps out with another joke. So the poor dope says, goodbye, Margie, and pulls the trigger. Here you are, lady. Frank suicide. Read all about it. Well, well, if it isn't Margie. Get away from me, Lem Clusen. Heard you were looking for me. Well, here I am. Boy, have I got a lot to tell you. Let me alone. I want to read. Oh, that write-up's no good. Here, give it here. Uh, yeah, that's better. Now, come on into Charlie's, and I'll give you the insight. Give me though. back my paper, you, you murderer. Murderer? Hey, wait a minute. Oh, I get it. You figure he bumped himself off on account of my report. <laughs> That's a screwy part. He didn't even wait for the report. I got it right here in my pocket. Take your hand off my arm. Oh, look, honey. Now, come on. You're coming into Charlie's if I have to drag Why you. don't you leave me alone? Eh, I figured you'd be so. Might spouting off the way I did in Charlie's yesterday. But how did I know who you were? Oh, here we are. Hey, Charlie, yeah. two bourbon highs double. I don't right? want a drink. 
Should have seen my face this morning when that screwy friend of yours gave me the picture of your bridge club. Oh, never mind. And there you were, as real as life and just as cute. I says to myself, why, you dumb ox, you got that little doll worried sick. And then when I read in the paper about my client giving your husband the gun to keep for fear he'll use it on himself, I think, holy cow. And then I think, I bet she figures I planned the whole thing just to scare her. What do you mean? Oh, now, don't try to kid me, Margie. You know you figured that client of mine was your husband, that he was going to bump you off. You mean he wasn't? No, no. Your name's Banning, isn't it? Yeah. Well, my client's name was Dentler, Benjamin Dentler. <laughs> Funny thing, his wife being named Margie, too. Yeah, I never thought he'd do it anyway. Oh, I think I'd like that drink after all. Well, here's to us, honey. So that's the gossip Lorraine was trying to tell me. Dentler, the teller from Chicago. You know, I've been thinking a lot about you. And Arthur you? really was keeping the gun for a friend of his. Hey, I'll tell you what, honey. I know a quiet little spot across town where we can eat, dance, anything we want. You might have told me about Dentler. It's a cute little place, baby. They got a knocked-out band at Waterfloor I wonder why Arthur wouldn't talk to me about it. Well, what do you say? Say? To what? Well, you and me, honey. Our date. Oh. <laughs> You're asking me to step out with you? <laughs> Why not? How about my husband? Oh, that mousy little guy. We got nothing to worry about from here. But I thought you always said, beware the quiet man. You never know what they're really thinking. But this is... No, but. If you'll pardon me, Mr. Lemclusen, I'm going home and start his supper. Thank you, Ann Southern, for a splendid performance. Miss Southern will be back in just a moment. Dora, I apologize. That show was better than a six-no-trump hand. Why, Mary, first thing you know, you'll be in Ed's class, quacking about Autolite resistor spark plugs like Donald Duck. Deal me a great big hand, Mary, and watch me get back that 200 we went down. You know, I must get me a set of those spark plugs. Why not? Ask Ed tomorrow to put a set of those Autolite resistor spark plugs in your car. Oh, well, then, May, will you tell Ed I'll be over tomorrow? I certainly will. My old car is going to get Autolite resistor spark plugs, too. Yes, switching to Autolite is safe, sane, sound, sober judgment and a sure way to spark plug satisfaction. That's why everybody's switching to Autolite. Autolite means resistor spark plugs. Ignition engineered spark plugs. Autolite means batteries. Stay full batteries. Autolite means ignition system. The lifeline of your car. And now, here again is Miss Ann Southern. Hmm. I've enjoyed this appearance on Suspense very much. And as a regular Suspense listener, I'm looking forward to next week when Martha Scott stars in Crisis. A powerful study in... Suspense. Anne Southern appears by courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios, producers of Julia Misbehaves, starring Walter Pigeon and Greer Garson. Tonight's suspense play was written by Toby Hall, with music composed by Lucian Morawick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Martha Scott in Crisis. This is the Autolite Suspense Show, calling the people of the USA. Here's your party, sir. Thank you. This is Care Incorporated. It's been nine years now, nine years since Europe's people have been able to live decently buy clothes to wear, get enough to eat. That's a long time. It's far too long. Our government is doing something about it. Its long-range program will help restore economic prosperity. But there won't be any immediate direct help for the people who are hungry today. They can look only to us, to you and me. We can send help through care. The 40,000 calories of food, good food, in a care package goes a long way. Because care is non-profit, government-approved, it will deliver your package in Europe for just $10. $10 sent to CARE will supplement rations of a family of four Europeans for a month. Won't you help? Remember the name and address, CARE, C-A-R-E, New York. Good night.
switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. You can find a lot more from Suspense and Escape and the Relic Radio Show and everything else at relicradio.com. Don't forget to donate if you'd like to help support everything we have going on here. And thank you, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another hour of the Relic Radio Show. (laughs) 